ladies and gentlemen, we are back now for our second episode of Unsung Heroes. And I want to talk about Brett the Hitman Hart on this episode. Uh, he is somebody who is recognized as the best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Uh, the, the amount of titles he has held in all different kinds of wrestling federations uh, says it all. However, Bret Hart is someone who is often overlooked in how he is remembered in pro wrestling because of the infamous Montreal Screwjob, which we will not get into in this episode. We are going to talk about Bret Hart's uh, success and uh, what he has done before uh, you know that fateful night. Um, so... Um, I remember growing up watching Bret Hart in a, as a tag team wrestler. Uh, I know that he was with Calgary uh, St Stampede with his with his father Stu Hart. Uh, you know that that federation for years before the WWF, and um, you know he's you know uh, the son of a, a wrestling trainer Stu Hart, you know, and, and a promoter, and also he has a lot of brothers. Some of his brothers, uh, you know, were famous up in Canada, and some of his brothers came with him to the WWF. Um, but I remember Brett as a tag wrestler. I remember the Hart Foundation. They were a great tag team. Uh, Brett was a very, very technical wrestler. Uh, also could take a beating, unlike anybody else. Um, could really, really get in there and... and you know, he really, he really knew how to make the shit look real, and he never ever hurt a guy in the ring when it when it comes to uh, you know the aggressive style of uh, you know injury prone stuff in in wrestling. You know, Bret Hart never injured a guy. Um, okay, so Bret Hart had a good run as a tag team with Jim the Anvil Neidhart as the Hart Foundation with Jimmy Hart. Um, they also did some some work without Jimmy Hart. Uh, I, I was actually at the Spectrum, or I'm sorry, I was actually at the Madison Square Garden show, SummerSlam 91, where Brett won his first solo title, which was the WWF Intercontinental Championship, uh, which he won from Kurt Henning, uh, who is my, my all-time favorite. Um, so I wasn't rooting for Brett in that match, but he pulled it out. And uh, that was the beginning of Brett's... Uh, solo career success. Uh, Brett then went on to win uh, WWF world title many times. Um, I don't have the facts in front of me, so it's very hard for me to remember exactly uh, who, he, who he won it from and what year it was and all that, but Bret Hart's run as a, a singles competitor uh, in that world title picture, uh, I believe was either 92 or 93, and then up to uh, 97. So, yeah, uh, you know, wrestling was changing around that time period. And, uh, you know, the, the bigger guys like Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant and, and you know, the Macho Man, Randy Savage, was even in, in that uh, category, even though he was, he was a bit smaller. Um, these guys were, they had their run, and now there was a, a new generation and a, and a new style of wrestler that was uh, on top of the card and it was guys like Bret Hart and, and Shawn Michaels that were really rising to the occasion. Um, Bret Hart carried the WWF through a very 
uh, changing time period. And I remember watching, you know, shows like, you know, WrestleMania 9 and stuff like that and thinking, you know, is this really the direction the WWF should be going? Like, every now and then you get to a point, when, you, when you're a real wrestling fan, every now and then you get to a point where you say, man, does this shit, this shit kind of sucks, you know what I mean? Like, this shit's, this shit's not good anymore. And this is no diss to Brett, but I started to see that around that time period from 93 to, let's just say, 96, especially 95. And, um, you know, Brett's run was during all that. So, you know, Brett, this is what I've learned about Brett from just reading up on his career. Uh, Brett was somebody that just didn't really stop. He just kept going and going and going. So when certain eras, uh, certain time periods or certain eras come about, he would just, you know, work his way through it and, and find his way, uh, you know, wherever he ended up. And uh, it seems like that 93 to 97 era, uh, Brett was on top and wrestling was going through a very transformational period with uh, new leagues like ECW coming up and WCW around that time, let's just say 93, 94, 95, was very, in a very transitional period. And then by 96, uh, you know, we saw the uh, formation of the NWO after uh, Diesel and Razor Ramon uh, went to WCW as, and became uh, their real names, Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, uh, with Hollywood Hogan. So, uh, you know, Bret Hart found himself again uh, at the top of the card in the WWF, wrestling guys like uh, like Mankind or The Undertaker or Shawn Michaels or Steve Austin, and uh, you know, voila, you know, uh, the 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 Hart Foundation got a, a resurgence or a revival going as a stable instead of a tag team, and and thinking back on that, that was a really interesting way. To bring it back in a new way. Uh, I find that to be really genius how they did that. Um, you know, the Hart Foundation was a tag team and then they became, you know, a stable. And they turned them heel, which was really interesting too. Because Brett was one of those guys that if he was, you know, uh, a baby face for too long, uh, it could get old, you know. But turning him, you know, heel with these guys, you know, and doing it almost like a like a gang warfare kind of thing is really, really, really interesting because uh, they, they pulled it off, you know. Um, I want to just talk a little bit about, you know, Brett's style of working again is, um, you know, Brett was an artist in there, you know. He was, he was a true artist with the way he would lay out matches, and you could see that. You could see how he would do that um, in, inside of his matches. There's not many guys, you know, that I could truly say are not only naturals, but they embody what pro wrestling is, and Bret Hart is definitely one of them. Uh, I gave that, I gave props like that to Bam Bam Bigelow on the last episode, but uh, I think Bret Hart might even be on that tip on a different level than Bam Bam. Uh, recently, we went to go check out... Uh, uh, a convention down at the arena, the ECW arena, and uh, we we got down there and we saw a lot of guys there from you know Scott Hall to Barry Windham to the Great Muda to Harley Race uh, before he passed, and you know the line for Bret Hart was was down the block, 
you know, it, and, and consistently for about, you know, five, six hours. So Bret Hart is on a different level of superstardom than, you know, most wrestlers, you know what I mean? Uh, he's in that upper echelon with people like Hogan and, and the Macho Man and, uh, you know, we'll say uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin. So, um, yeah, so, so Bret Hart, man, um, you know, he really brought in that old-fashioned style wrestling. And I think that that's like a really interesting thing because Bret Hart debuted in, I believe it was 78. I think he was a ref in 76, but he debuted as a worker in 78. So from 78 to let's just say 97, um, you know, that, that was a pretty good time to bring in that old fashioned style wrestling, uh, you know, for, uh, you know, the golden era and for what, what is now known as the attitude era, which I like to call the NWO era. Um, but with that being said, um, I want to mention, you know, one of the last matches that I saw Brett in that was truly just a fucking great match. Uh, it was Bret Hart versus Terry Funk in Amarillo, Texas. And I believe it was like supposed to be like a Terry Funk retirement match, but he ended up keep, you know, staying on it and kept it going. But uh, that match, if you go back and watch that match from 97, Bret Hart and Terry Funk in Amarillo, Texas, uh, it's one of just the greatest matches, you know, to see Bret Hart in. Um, and that was, you know, right before his uh, life-changing event, which was the Montreal Screwjob. So, uh, yeah, I just wanted to mention all this. Uh, we love Bret Hart, and uh, we, we just want to thank Bret Hart personally from the Pro Wrestling Archives for all the stuff that he's done in the wrestling biz. And, uh, you know, we just, we just want Bret to keep his head up with, with no matter what he's doing and just to know that he, he will always be remembered as a legend and an unsung hero in this wrestling stuff. And when we say unsung, we want to make sure that you guys know, even if Bret Hart is recognized as a hero, we here at the Pro Wrestling Archives find it important to discuss all the great stuff that Bret Hart did uh, in his career. So, uh, yeah, this is another episode of Unsung Heroes. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for listening. My name is Rick Smooth. Thank you. Peace.